by Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit that gives hope to people that were caught in the devastation of addiction or overrun by emotions in this series. Learn how to identify feelings, what motivates actions, and find biblically-based solutions to manage emotions. Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom 15 years ago from their out-of-control lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. Now, here's Rich and Susan with Solutions for Freedom. For those you love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the program today. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. Susan, what are we going to talk about today? Today, we're going to talk about, and we are going to communicate. We're going to communicate today because we're going to talk about communication well, and know, how. Well, one thing I'd like to communicate before we start is that um, if you've missed a past program, we have our programs archived on our website. And the website address is www.justasiamministries.org. And so if you missed some programs, we had some really good ones in the last couple of weeks. We want to encourage you to go to that website, justasiamministries.com. There you go, .com. Um, so, yeah, today we talk about emotions uh, and communication and how they're intertwined. And uh, before we get started, as usual, Susan, would you please open today's program with a word of prayer? Yes. Our Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you like to communicate with us and you desire for us to communicate with one another. We pray now that you will send your spirit to help our minds to be clear and just give us the words that need to be said. And uh, we just thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know, people go to great lengths to communicate, don't they? Yes. I, I remember reading a story about a guy that uh, that proposed to his fiance, if you will, by skywriting. You ever heard it? You ever seen that stuff? I've, I've, that's always fascinating. It's a process of using a small aircraft, um, expels smoke during flight, and flies certain patterns and writes. And uh, the message can be aimed at everyone, or you know, in the in the general public, or a personal message or whatever. And this, the the this form of communication is performed by a single biplane at altitudes of over 10,000 feet. Now, each letter is approximately a mile long. Wow. It doesn't look like that when you're reading it. But we don't all communicate in this form. It would be kind of messy, wouldn't it? Or very difficult, very complicated. But how do we communicate? Well, there's all different ways of communication these days. We have satellite signals in outer space, electronic signals in cyberspace. We have the printed word, the spoken word, Billboards, radio, television. We we can go on and on. In fact, you know, there's even TVs on gas pumps and gas pumps on TV. We got magazines on airplanes and airplanes in magazines. There's even video games in cars with cars in those video games. I mean, we communicate. All this is communication and um, different forms, all to get our attention, all to perform something to get our mind on something that someone's trying to communicate to us. Right. Trying to get our attention. Yeah. So that raises the question, what is it that you do all day, Susan? I work in a Christian ministry, and I work in the marketing department and the publishing department. Okay. And what message are you trying to communicate? Trying to get the good news of the gospel out to the world. 
to the world. So that's yes. who you're trying to communicate to. to. To my neighbor and, and to the world, you know, just. Uh-huh. Yeah. You enjoy your work? I do. Mm-hmm. I really love my work. It's, it's, I wouldn't, uh, can't imagine doing anything else. That's really neat. Yeah. So you don't work for the paycheck? No. No. You would do it anyway. Yes. Don't tell them, no, even if they didn't pay you? Okay. Yes. Okay. In regard- but don't tell them. Okay. In regards to our audiences and types of communication, how many, how much do they vary? Do they vary a lot? Well, sure. They vary a lot. There's all different ways of, of communication. There is one-way communication and two-way communication. There's verbal communication and nonverbal communication. There's formal communication and informal communication, interpersonal and intrapersonal, group, public, mass, all different forms of communication. There sure is. And, you know, with the little gizmos we clip on our belt or keep in our pocket, there is just so much communication. Now, there was a mathematician who I'm going to quote here. His name was Johann von Neumann. And this is what he said. He said, it would appear that we have reached the limits of what is possible to achieve with computer technology, although one should be careful with such statements as they tend to sound pretty silly in five years. Now, do you realize he wrote this in 1949? Wow. He would be shocked today if he's still alive it, to see th- that. The... He would be amazed. So here's the deal. We can't not communicate. The very attempt not to communicate communicates something. Have you ever gotten the silent treatment? I don't know if you've given I know I've given it you, to you. That's interesting. I want to talk about that a second. How come all men have gotten the silent treatment before, <laughs> but not? I mean, that's just, is it just something that guys do? Guys, well, I mean, women do? Maybe maybe because men are always silent. Are they dis- So it's hard for them to, to give, give the, the silent right, treatment. Okay, I'm buying it. I'm buying it. Um, what about Adam in the garden? Did he, did he give God the silent treatment or he just, he kind of just. He ran from God. He ran from yeah. God. See, so in his attempt not to communicate, he communicated something. Right. See, in a woman, when she gives you silent treatment, that attempt not to communicate is communicating something. Yes. Remember the Pharisees, when Jesus wrote their, wrote in the dust? Yes. And he was writing, we assume, about them and how they all kind of murmured and walked away and left. And that, in their attempt to get out of there, they communicated something also. Right, their so, guilt. Yeah. So through not only words, but through tone of voice and through gesture, posture, facial expression, we constantly communicate to those around us. That's right. It's impossible for any of us to live in such a way that we will not cast an influence in the world. The very expression of the countenance has an influence for good or for evil. So where do we first see evidences of facial expressions or, or the word countenance expressed in the Bible? In the Bible, in Genesis 4.4, Abel, it says... Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat, and the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain felt very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fallen? Interesting. Another version puts it this way. Cain became furious, and he scowled in anger. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why that scowl on your face? Can we speak with our face? Oh, yes. Can we speak with our eyes? Yes. 
And what, so what is it that people actually listen what to? What do they listen to? Uh, well, it's the this lady at the American Heart Association spoke, and, and th- this is what she said. Uh, 50, we, we look at, we listen to, or look at, or communicate with 55% body language, okay, mm-hmm. and facial expressions. Okay. Okay. 38% vocal inflection. Right. And 7% to what is being said. Wow. 7% to what's being said. So the rest is facial expressions or body language or vocal inflection. I think that's why sometimes email communication is it's kind dangerous. of hard. Very hard because Be- you don't know what's going on with the person. You can't, t- you can, you, with the phone at least, you can hear the tone of voice and the inflection of certain words with email. I mean, yeah. I mean, your if, you, you're, if you're at the, Mer- if you're at the Mercedes-Benz dealership and you text me and say, hey, I want to buy this car and I, I put no price too high you might say no price too high and you might want to buy it it depends on it it just depends on if with voice inflection and and stuff it's a big difference facial expression um that being said men i would like to issue a warning don't ever roll your eyes when your wife is communicating anything especially something emotional uh which most of the time when your wife is communicating something it is emotional so why do men and women communicate so different? I don't know. It just, do emotions have anything to do about, with it? I think so. Um, a woman has an immense number of neural connectors between her emotions and the verbal communication part of her brain. So she has an expressway that runs between her feelings and her speech. And because her brain is basically on all the time, it's very easy for her to share her feelings. Right, and we want to be very careful when we're talking about <laughs> women's brains and men's brains to make sure that we communicate the correct understanding. Well, and I think by the time we, yeah, because when a woman talks, it's always, I mean, she's emotional about. My eyes are rolling right now. She's no. uh, Yeah, she's rolling her eyes. Well, okay, but here's, here's, the, here's the catch. The, on the other hand, a man's brain has fewer nerve connectors between the right and left sides. That's why it's not easy for a man to share if he attempts to put his feelings in the world be, word because he has to take a prior step called thought. See, the, and, and, and the left side of your brain is verbal, and the right side of your brain is emotions. The women have like an eight-lane superhighway with no speed limit going from the left to the right. Okay, but men... I'm sorry, but you got a dirt road. There's not much of a connection between the two. And we have to move from, if, if Susan asked me, how do I feel? I got to go over to the other side of my brain, collect my thoughts, think about it, and formulate what I'm going to say, bef- and then then say it. Right. And, and, a, and a woman doesn't have to do that. She's interconnected. If you ask her how she feels, she'll tell you in an instant with a bunch of adjectives probably too. Right. Am I, why are you looking at me like she is communicating something and I'm not sure what it is? Right. <laughs> okay, well, let's keep going. Okay. A man's brain is a problem-solving brain, as is a woman's, but apparently a man's brain is wired to have delay reactions when emotional event occurs. He is not yet ready to express his feelings. No, he needs to move over to the left side of his brain, collect the words that will express his feelings. A man has to think about his feelings before he can share them. A woman can feel, talk, and think all at the same time. This is why a simple look on the face can upset someone sometimes. 
So the question is, are our actions a reflection of what we're thinking? Absolutely. The Bible says in Proverbs 23, 7, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So what we think, we do. What we do, people watch. That's right. And that's one of the reasons why John said in, in 1 John 2, 6, he who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as Jesus walked. And in Ephesians, um, Ephesians 4, 17, it says, Now this I affirm and insist on in the Lord. You must no longer live as the Gentiles live in the futility of their minds. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer, oops, I'm repeating myself. What we think we do (laughs) and what we do, people watch. That's right. Did, Did you know that people listen with their eyes? Picture a home with parents that are engaged in bad behavior, such as drug abuse. How hard is it for that child to grow up and out of that home and not be a drug abuser? I mean, what happens to the child? Do And the point I'm trying to make, we listen with our eyes. Absolutely. Um, well, we learn, we learn by watching because a lot of times people will say things, but their actions are different. And so we, we learn what we see. And that's we right. We take in what we see. That's right. Um, for example, I can remember when I used to work in the garage with my dad and he always had a beer mm-hmm. and I would stare at that beer and I would want to drink of that beer and I would want to be just like him. And he said, no, uh, you couldn't, but and that's why the phrase don't do as I do, do as I say does not work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because, it, and even as we grow up and even as we grow into the church, um, in, in any number of things, we listen with our eyes. We watch. You know, and that's why, you know, it always says, I had a really good friend that always told me, whatever you do, always keep your eyes on Jesus, because no matter what, human beings will fail you. But if you keep your eyes on him, he will never fail you. And he the, is our perfect example. That's right. You know, a friend of mine once told me in regard to professed Christians, says, don't pay so much attention to what they say, pay attention to what they do. Mm-hmm. Not only not only people watch what we do, but they also hear about what we do. Right. You know? And Jesus watched what people did in Matthew fifteen eight. The Bible says, This people draw near unto me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. You see that? So Jesus is describing what people's hearts are. They honor him with, his li- with their lips, but their hearts are far from him. And so when we read the Bible, we hear about what they did. Right. We hear about what those people back there did. And so not only are we being watched by other people, mm-hmm. um, especially non-Christians, mm-hmm. because they want to find out what makes us tick a lot of times, uh, but not only are we being watched by them, people hear about what we do, right. which is very important. Word spreads, right? Mm-hmm. See, and um, it makes me want to think, Are the Ten Commandments more than just a bunch of rules? Are they more than just simply two do's and eight don'ts? I mean, could it be that keeping or breaking them is actually a form of communication? See, what can be seen? Remember we talked a a, a few weeks ago about the first four commandings 
commandments dealing with your relationship with God, mm-hmm. and, the, and the last six commandments de- dealing with your relationship with, with your fellow man. Yes. Okay. And you can take example after example. Um, you can go right down the line, and you can see whether or not someone is breaking a commandment. But how about when Jesus says, even if you're angry with your brother without a cause? You're committing. You, so you, if, you, if you know an angry person, you're, you, you, you know... And see, so that, that he's saying that commandment goes to the heart to where we think, and that's what we're talking about today, because eventually you're going to act out on that anger. Right. So it's not just, just what you say, it's, it's it, how you act. It's how you act also. Okay. And so, so we put people in jail for killing people, but Jesus says that goes, it goes deeper than that, and he wants to get to the heart, because eventually you're going to act out on your thoughts, not necessarily by killing somebody or whatever, but... but Anger, anger, or jealousy, or envy, or um, those types of things will consume a person. Mm-hmm. They will consume a person. A lot of times, those things can be hidden. And in, notice in First uh, Corinthians chapter four, and verse nine, it says, "For it seems to me that God has put us apostles on display at the end of the procession, like men condemned to die in an arena. In an arena, we have been made." To a spectacle to the whole universe, to angels as well as men. Do you find that an interesting text? We've been made a spectacle to angels as well as men. In other words, people watch what we do. Angels watch what we do. In fact, the word there for spectacle is actually uh, uh, theatron in, in the Greek. It's a public show, a show itself, a spectacle, a theater. In other words... Um, We're on display. We're on display. Right. And you know, especially with non-Christians, they're trying to find out uh, who we follow, why or, we follow. And them. if there is something different if in our If there is lives. something different, different, yes. So why do you suppose trials come our way? Well, it's not only for the perfecting of the character, but it's also to show that our characters are being perfected. Have you ever seen a true Christian? Have you ever wanted what he has have you ever said now that you know you meet somebody and you say man that guy's a real true christian boy i wish i had what he had well what's he doing Mm -hmm. you know he knows how to treat his neighbor and he knows and he has a relationship with god that's right and our characters are revealed by what we do the works show whether the faith is genuine or not that's right god instruct instructs us to act right so that we can reveal to others what is right how is somebody going to know what's right if we're not acting right right and in ephesians 4:25 the bible says wherefore put away putting away lying speaking every man truth with his neighbor for we are members one of another be ye angry and sin not let not the sun go down upon your wrath Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which is good that he may have to give to him that needs. That's right. And also in Ephesians 4.29, it says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. See, so each time he says, don't do this, he instructs us to do what's right. Right. Replace that with with the right thing. That's right. So, but how does this happen? How do we act right? How do we replace our bad behavior with good re- behavior? Well, you know what? It's really not that complicated. The Bible shows us that, how. 
That's right. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, the Bible says, But we all with open face beholding, as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. And back in verse 17, it says, And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. That's right. See, wouldn't so there's you, freedom. There's freedom in acting right. Right. Because you know what happens when you act wrong, when you think wrong, and then you act wrong? You you create problems for yourself and people around you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, wouldn't you agree that the people in Revelation 14 are truly free? In fact, in Revelation 14, 5, it says, And in their, mo- in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Now, what the throne of God? Now, why are these people truly free? Because they're without fault, right? Before the throne. Correct. But why are they without fault? Because, and we just, th- that's Revelation 14, 5. We're going to backtrack now, because we're going to ask a question, then backtrack. Watch. Revelation 14, 4. These are they which are not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb, whithersoever he goes. So they're without fault. Why? Because they follow the Lamb. Well, why do they follow the Lamb? These people know and they understand what Jesus has done for them, and they act like it. Mm -hmm. See, the Bible says that they have the Father's name written in their foreheads. It's the same thing as following the Lamb. One of my favorite authors put it this way, the name of God will be seen in their foreheads. This name, the symbol which the apostles saw in vision, signifies the yielding of the mind to an intelligent and loyal obedience to all of God's commands. These people are not earning salvation. These people understand what Christ has done for them. Their true belief in Jesus as their Savior is illustrated by the way they act. Think about it. What are we communicating to the rest of the world when we follow the Lamb whithersoever he goes? That's right. What are we communicating Mm -hmm. to the rest of the world? People will want what we have. But there's a surefire way to to mess that up, and that is get separated. Mm Mm-hmm. That's to get separated from from Jesus. Right. Remember, as beholding in a glass, we are changed. By beholding, we become changed. Right. 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 What attracted you to the church? Just just the freedom, I think. The freedom from from doing the wrong thing all the time. That's I was looking for that. For, for the freedom, and it just seemed like every time I looked at the church, I saw Jesus, and I saw that that I didn't have to suffer, and I didn't have to um, be bound by sin like I was before, you know? Not that I'm perfect. I got a long ways to, I got, I got a long road I'm walking down, but it just, it was freeing. That's the way it was with me, because what what, what happened to you when you learned you didn't have to lie? I, I mean, it's freedom, right? Right. And you learned you didn't have to steal or barter for something that, and that people loved you not for what you had or not for what they wanted to get from you, but people could actually love you for who you were. Right. I mean, that's freedom. Yes. And, and that you didn't have to covet things and that you didn't have to be angry with people. Right, because God helps your desires to be pure and to, to be satisfied 
with the things that um, that you need instead of necessarily the things that you think you want that are going to make you happy. Right. And, you know, that's an important point that you're making because we get confused with what we think we want. And that's why we have to stick with the Word of God because right. the Word of God will tell us what we need and what we what we really need. Right. In fact, if we go to the Bible, um, when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, Mm-hmm. What does he tell him? Because Nicodemus, as far as he knew, he was acting right. He thought everything was fine. Yeah, and, and he, he was going through the motions, right. But Jesus says you have to be born from above. You have to be born again. And that really threw a wrench into Nicodemus's works, didn't it? It did. Because Nicodemus... Had all the forms and the Right, and the but he was doing ceremonies. things for the wrong reasons. And Jesus mm-hmm. says you need to do them for the right reasons. Right. It needs to come from the heart. And that's why we have to keep our eyes on Jesus. We need to have that stony heart replaced with the heart of flesh. That's right. We need to have that stony heart replaced. You know, God says, I will write my laws in their minds and in their hearts. Right. So that's that's what we want to leave us with today, because communication, uh, we Comes do it. from the heart. What we do, people watch, that's for sure. And so, look, people, uh, as we close today, we would like you to... Uh, and to keep in mind that it's there's a difference between having emotions and your emotions having you. And you have the freedom to choose. And remember that. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There truly is hope for anyone whose life is in captivity, overrun with the devastation of addiction and unmanaged emotions. Rich and Susan are living testimonials, and they've created this seven-step biblically-based handbook and a recovery workbook to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook for someone you know, or if you're a member of a church and you'd like to create a ministry in the area of addiction and unmanaged emotions, Rich and Susan can help you get started. Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to www.justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.